clarity of thought, clarity of vision, clarity of message. Truthnewsnet.org. Again, Dan Newman. Well, Steve Baker is here somewhere here. We're having problems finding him. He's out in the country. I'm not sure if he's in D.C., North Carolina. He's all over the place. I have no, really, I have no idea where he is. I don't know where you are or what's happening, but wherever you are is it's create. And you're you're in the D.C. area, I imagine. There's somebody. No, I'm I'm actually on a very windy back road in the mountains of northern Virginia, uh, avoiding the major highway. (laughs) So be honest with us now. Why are you on the back roads hiding? What's going on? <laughs> well, you know, I, I told I told my attorney last night we were on a two-hour conference call with a couple of other attorneys and a couple of trial experts, and I was going over with them some of the new discoveries that I've made uh, on not only the Oath Keepers uh, trial that we were working, you know, several weeks ago, but also on new cases that they're involved in related to January 6th. And uh, after my two-hour conference call, I said, I said to my attorney, can you give me a, a quick five-minute private call after this? And he, he said, yeah, I could do that. So he called me back, and I said, so how close am I to going over the line here? Do I need to be looking over my shoulder? Do I need to be, uh, <laughs> do I need to be worried right now? And we, I mean, we, we, we had a good chuckle about it, but the, the reality is, is that, uh, and I, I hate teasing like this, Dan, because I've actually, I've actually dropped a few little hints and teases on some of my social media accounts and people will, people will accuse me of being a grifter and, and just <laughs> trying to inflame things hey, uh, I, by doing that. I got, I got a call from California about I, I've, two from California since last week and they're digging me because hey offline can you really tell us yeah. what steve's on <laughs> and i tell them <laughs> i think they, they they i think they think i'm lying i said i don't have a clue i'm like you so let me ask you a couple of questions and i'm getting serious now steve all right hit me is this regarding some uh government agency stuff uh, it, it is. It's it's uh, it's direct and absolute um, uh, cover up by the Department of Justice that w- that we're working on right now. We are finding we're finding the the leads, the clues to finally getting us into the answers that have not been to the questions that have not been asked by the House January Sixth Select Committee that have not been covered in the trials. There's so much suppression of evidence and uh, what they call discovery in these trials of not being allowed. And we've discussed this uh, ad nauseum on all of those nine weeks that I was in D.C. covering the, uh, the Oath Keepers trial. What I was seeing in the courtroom itself and I was seeing and watching the, uh, the twisting of facts, the, the, the hiding of evidence, the suppression of information that is exculpatory to some of these uh, individuals that trial and we're finally getting close i think and that's that's important but you know the closer we get the 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 more my uh my my chest gets tight (laughs) and the heat the heat turns up a little bit let me let me just now i'm skipping around the perimeters i'm not gonna ask you to be specific 
and then I'm going to do to you what Peter from California did to me. Hey, offline, offline, can you tell me anything? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. But let me just ask you a couple of questions. Um, can you give us maybe one letter of the specific Department of Justice uh, agency that's going to be involved in this? Just one letter. They're all three letters. Just give us one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, uh, we can start. We can always start with the F word. Uh, <laughs> we don't use that on this show. <laughs> it, it's the it's the other F. It's the three letter F. The three letter F word. Uh, and oh then God. we can and then we we can go to the D word, and that's the three letter D word. Oh. Uh, and and it, yeah, yeah. So it's it's pervasive, you know, Dan. We grew up in a country, you and I did, that we were proud to be an American. Oh, my gosh. We know the song. We can, we can see the song, sing the song. We know the lyrics to the song. But, Dan, we are in a country right now where our own government is unfortunately, and, I, and, I, and it grieves me to say this to no end, but our government is that enemy within. You know, we, we, we talk about these guys who take that oath to defend this country against enemies foreign and domestic and our domestic enemy is in fact our federal government right now. And it just tears me up to say that. You know, you really don't have to tell us that because we see it. Here's the way that I identified it first years ago. It's when elected people that are hard left, when they do egregious things, are they step way over the line and nothing happens. There's no accountability. And what that does, you can watch it. It emboldens them to go do something more egregious. And the typical example of that is Congressman Adam Schiff from California. He's never been <laughs> held to anything. And so he just That's he right. just walks around D.C. and he slashes and burns anybody and laughs about it. Um, yeah, that's exactly right. That that. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's it's funny. Last night I wrote a uh, message. It's about one o'clock in the morning, and I was uh, actually at my daughter's house. She lives in Northern Virginia, and uh, I was I was writing a message after this uh, long conference call that I was on. And what I what I said in the message, I I think well, it was it was my my post Christmas message is what it was, and my my post-Christmas message to the followers of my blog was basically, it was my happy day after message. And, and I, I based it on, you know, the, uh, the, the, the poem where I says, "'Twas the day after Christmas when in my daughter's pad, the only creature still stirring was her dear overwhelmed dad. And so I started with that. And then when I get down to the part where in, in the, in the poem where it talks about the, you know, on dancer, on Donner, on Blitzen, I said, now Pelosi, now McConnell, now Harris and Biden, on Cheney, <laughs> on Kinsinger, on, on Shifty and Garland, to the top of the firing line, to the top of the wall. Now right away, burn away, to hell with you all. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Hey, send that to me, would you? I will do that, yeah. And I'll give, I'll give you credit for it, editorial credit, when right. I publish it. But that, that, that's really cute. But you know what? There's so much truth buried in that. I want to segue from the obvious illegal stuff that you're looking into to what we, you and I agreed to yesterday, we needed to 
just touch on a little bit, we can't let the process that was so fanatical go without discussion about the passing of this $1.7 trillion omnibus bill. It's it's yeah. absolutely crazy at what happened in just a matter of hours. Just a matter of a few hours, they spent $1.7 trillion that our great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren will be forced to pay if they're still around and there's still a monetary system at that particular time. What are your thoughts about yeah. this? Well, you know, I'm, I'm one of those rare individuals who will read those 2,000-page bills. I mean, I read the earliest drafts of Obamacare. I read the final draft. I think the last 2,000-page bill I read was um, one of the COVID relief funding bills that I that I dove into. Well, this and one I did not read. This one is four thousand one hundred fifteen pages, so it's not a two thousand exactly. page bill. And I did I did not read this one. And but the but the, the the crime here is that neither did our Congress members, and even those who would be want to do so, they were only given forty eight hours to do so before the vote, before the Senate vote, and that's that's the crime. And if we don't figure out a way to force our legislators into restricting themselves from passing voting on laws that they don't even have time to read, that's on us, Dan. That is um, the American people's fault. But I don't know if I don't know if the America enough of us care anymore. But that's the biggest crime when you start right there is the rules and the methods with which Pelosi, McConnell, and Schumer were able to draft this behind closed doors using unelected bureaucrats, attorneys, and special interest groups to influence this and then shove it down the throats of the Senate and then the House and say you have to vote on this or we're going to shut down the country country but you know what kind of threat is that shut it down yeah. I, I mean that's no threat whatsoever shut it down i don't know if you were listening but congressman mike johnson was on with me on friday he's a constitutional attorney and he is a stickler for what he calls regular order regular order when it comes to legislation when a bill is to be considered it comes to either the speaker that's in the house or the majority leader that's in the Senate. They make the determination if it's going to be taken up to be considered. When it is, they assign it to the various committees that are responsible for breaking it apart in both sides, the House and the Senate. When it goes to committee, the committee then, they start calling witnesses, bringing in people, experts, to do the yay or nay side of both of these things, and they may propose some amendments uh, they then vote on amendments. The final piece of legislation, as it comes to the committee and is then edited and changed, they vote on it. The committee does. And if the committee right. rules that it is worth moving forward, then it goes back to the speaker, and the speaker makes the determination whether to put it out for the full House to vote or the full Senate to vote on it. If that happens, they debate it. They can offer amendments. So what happens, you get everything being decided, being discussed, and disclosed to the American people. In most cases, it takes several months for this. And that's a long time. 
But Steve, yeah. they committed us to $1.7 trillion of government spending and not one member of the House or the Senate read the bill before they voted on it. That is untenable. It's not ever going to work for the nation because we all know at least 60% of it was junk. It was sent to uh, partisan people, ideals, businesses. We are going to later in the show today, Rand Paul puts out his uh, every year, the last week of the year, he puts out his list of the crazy, stupid spending by the federal government. And this year, his list doesn't even include any of the stuff in the omnibus bill, and it represents hundreds of billions of worthless spending by our government. That's exactly it. I mean, in this bill alone, you know, we had, uh, uh, we're, we're looking at $3 million for an LGBTQ museum in New York. All right. So why, as a citizen of North Carolina, do I have to pay for that? The, this bill also inc- includes a set aside for $200 million for gender equity and equality action fund, whatever that is. That's favoritism. Okay. Regardless of how you feel about equity, equality, whether it's relating to uh, gender or whatever other idea, race, nationality, religion, whatever, what is it? Why is it my responsibility to pay for that? There was seven and a half million dollars for studying the domestic radicalization phenomenon. Now, who do you think that's directed at, Dan? Well, I'm a, heteros- I'm a heterosexual white male, so I've got a bullseye on my forehead. That's exactly it. But this is the, this should madden every single America, American as we are seeing thousands of people every day streaming across the border unrestricted into El Paso. This bill has $410 million allocated to support border security in Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, Tunisia, and Oman. <laughs> but oh, not a penny, God. not a penny for our. And here, and, and now here I am on one of these back roads. I'm, I, when I say I'm on a back road, I mean I am on a back road. I pulled over. It took me about 20 minutes to find a cell signal. <laughs> I did. I, I, I started looking for a cell signal a half hour before you called me. And I wow. finally found one, and I pulled over. As soon as I had three bars on my phone, I pulled over because I didn't know if I'd get one at exactly uh, 10 o'clock. So as I'm on this back highway, I, and I'm looking at my notes uh, for our discussion today, one of those allocations of spending in that bill is $3 million for bee-friendly highways. Bees, like, like you know, a bee buzzing, you know, on a flower. $3 well, million dollars. Buddy, B-friendly highways. I want to talk to the legislator that was responsible for visiting with the bees and finding what egregious things we were doing to them on the highways. <laughs> exactly. You and know, exactly what what are we going to do, either at the federal or the state level, to our roads and our highways to make them more friendly to bees? I don't know. This I don't, is just a gut. I don't like bees this is just anyway. a multi-million yeah this is just a multi-million dollar handout to some special interest group 
from some legislature who popped uh, legislator who popped this in uh, to the bill. That's all that is. It means nothing to the American people, and it means nothing to the bees whatsoever. Okay, let's let's do this. Let's we you and I we and and I read probably two hundred pages, uh, and it, and if you don't understand what the horrors is of trying to follow this, folks. What happens is they write these bills and they'll start it with a sentence that supposedly describes what's in it, but then they'll say, according to section such and such, subsection such and such, pages 2 through 220, we're referencing that for this particular thing and then we take this and we add it to what is included. And another thing, it refers, it, it, it's, a, it's a daisy chain of places to go to find out what's really in each section of these legislative bills. This is the way they're all done. I read a, I read a couple of hundred pages over the last four days, five days. And I got to be honest with you. It is written so that we don't know what's in it. And some of it, most of it probably, as it's coming out, we won't know what it is until they spend the money, actually write the check, and we hear. You're not going to believe what's included in the omnibus bill. We're doing this, we're doing that. And it'll take years for the effects of this to all be understood. It'll be happening. We're going to be living through the effects of it. And the principal one is inflation. It's going to continue to skyrocket. They're trying to sell to us right now that, oh, inflation is easing down. Prices are easing down. That may be so, but it's definitely temporary. It is impossible for any government. There's no other one that would ever do this, but ours could spend $1.7 trillion in one piece of legislation and it not grossly impact inflation and all that comes with it. We're going to suffer from this thing. We're we're not only going to suffer from the inflationary aspects of it, but here are the most egregious parts of these multi-thousand page bills, Dan. And and I've read enough of them that I can say this with some uh, uh, reasonable expertise and authority, is that when it gets to the regulatory aspects of these bills, and these bills are not just spending, these are packed with regulatory aspects as well. And in almost every single case, there's a very, very dangerous and highly nefarious term. And it says, as the secretary deems, or as the secretary may deem. In other words, what these bills do is they don't just write into law new spending and new regulations, whether it's on individuals or companies or, or, or uh, businesses of, or industries of any size. What it then does is it gives the bureaucrats, the unelected bureaucrats, the appointed secretaries and their underlings and their uh, mammoth uh, labyrinthine uh, bureaucracies, the ability then to change, subvert, alter, 
regulate even further and make rules that are not passed by Congress and not passed by our representatives. It is regulation. It is taxation without representation. It's inflation without representation because ultimately every one of these bills goes much deeper than the written word by that simple phrase, as the secretary may deem. So it's just giving them a blank check. That's exactly what it's doing. And that's why we end up in these problems where we have uh, uh, agencies like the EPA passing laws and taking people's property away from them or fining them uh, farmers millions of dollars because they dug a ditch in the wrong place. And they, they do this because they're making rules because they've been given permission to do so outside of the regular, uh, the legislative process. Well, just so that we, this is the biggest audience we ever have. People just love you. When you come on the show, they want to be a part of it. So just so they, uh, they don't, uh, go to pieces thinking about, <laughs> oh my gosh, there's, there's nothing good that can happen out of this. I asked Congressman Johnson who is the number four Republican in the in the House? He's heavily involved in pretty much everything. He is on the House Judiciary Committee. He's involved in some other ones. And I ask him this simple question: You guys are going to get control in two weeks, thirteen days now, I think. You're going to get control. Is there any way you will be able to go back and reverse or eliminate some of the parts of the bill? And this is what he said. He said, it is a tedious process, but because the House controls the money, all the spending that the government does, it starts with us. He said, we will be able to basically blackmail Democrats and say, we're not going to give you the money for that. Even though it's in, in law, they can find ways to hold it up so that it doesn't go there. And I said, percentages what do you think the number would be? And he said, it'll be less than half. The rest of it, there's nothing we're going to be able to do about it. Americans just don't understand. When you put people in office that go into office and you look at their past and their spenders, they don't give a rip about accountability. They let themselves be accountable to no one. And as I said a few minutes ago when I was talking about Adam Schiff, when they get away with this, They just keep pushing the envelope, just like our kids do. When they're little, you tell them, no, don't do it. They'll do it again. You tell them, no, don't do it. The third time, you slap them on the hand, and they get a little upset, and then they do it again, and you don't do anything. They're just going to keep on doing it. That's what we have in Washington, D.C. You, as a taxpayer, are nothing but a cash register for them to just take money out of it without any consideration or discussions with us. We have seen this now happen two or three times. Like you said, in 48 hours, a bill, 4,500 pages that was put together by eight people total. It was the management process was by the two people, the two lead Democrats in the House, the two lead Democrats in the Senate, their people that work for them in their offices, those were the people that crafted this legislation. And it took them weeks to do it, but they kept it quiet so that nobody would know what was in them and nothing was going to leak out because they didn't want it to leak out. They wanted it to be forced to be passed in two days. 
which is exactly yeah. what they got. And the most disappointing part of all is these allegedly fiscally conservative Republicans who we keep sending back to the Senate and sending back to the House. What was it, 17 or 18 of those people who run on fiscal conservatism voted for this bill without reading it, those GOP members that did did so. And that's why uh, Representative Johnson told you that it was probably less than half of a chance of anything being done or half of the bill itself being able to be um, uh, stopped or blocked or altered in any way is because, unfortunately, progressivism is uh, a an infection that has infected the GOP almost, almost as egregiously as it has uh, the Democratic Party. Wow. So you're in the woods. You're on a lonely road in Northern Virginia. You were afraid to be in some place where they could track down your signal and come get you and haul you <laughs> off. <laughs> hey, I don't want to finish this day on a down note. You and I are getting dis- disgusted the more we talk about this omnibus bill and the spending. Um, we want our people to know that as bad as it is, there are people that are out there that are looking at it that have an opportunity to and will do help change and move the nation forward. We've got to trust and believe there are people out there that are going to do this. But I told the people at the top of the show, it's going to take us, me, you, Dan and Steve, and everybody that's listening in to reach out to your legislators and tell them how you feel about all this stuff. Because if they hear from enough of us, they're going to say, well, if we want to be reelected, we need to rethink some of the stuff that we're doing. That has not been happening, obviously. And we can't. We need more more and more warriors like you and I, but not, not the guys talking on the radio and writing articles and blogs. We need more people, those citizens, citizen warriors, who have a high-definition camera in their pocket now. Every one of us have that camera now to be showing up at every meeting, every city council meeting, every single um, school board meeting, and they've got to be running those cameras nonstop and recording, publishing, posting the – what's happening in those meetings. They've got to start standing up. I, I, I for years, I, and I may have said this to you before, but for years I was more interested in, in international and national politics than anything. But let's, let's be honest. We're, we're winning battles. We are winning battles at the local level, but we have to win more of them there. Yeah. And it's only till we change what's happening locally that we can take it to the next level. I agree. Well, buddy, It's a great Tuesday because we're alive. Yes, sir. I opened the show with, um, I'm, I'm, I'm changed, changed the, the kind of the format of the show every day. I open it with our Pete Moss intro. And now I come in and give maybe 30 seconds of remarks. And then I play a fun song. And this one was Andy Grammer's. It's good to be alive. Um, (laughs) it's a happy song and we all need more happy songs. I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Next week, we've got something that is near and dear to all of us. If you are still unable to give us anything about the big, big, big bomb you're going to drop on us at some point, you can't do it next week. 
I want to talk about in detail the crap going on at our southern border. Let's do it. You have a great week, my friend. Thank you, Dan. And, I, and, and not only thank you, but I, I want to thank all of your listeners and all of those extras uh, that show up uh, when, I, when I'm here on Tuesday. It, <laughs> it, uh, it gladdens my heart, and, and there, are, there are positive signs out there. The fact that your army of listeners are paying attention is, is important. Now we just need to turn that into action, and everybody can do something. Something, And I want to leave by telling you this, as you were talking just then, I scrolled through, and we have three Langley, Virginia computers, phones, whatever, that have been listening to us. Maybe they're... Oh, thanks for for telling me that. (laughs) Maybe they're right behind you on that way out in the middle of nowhere road you're on. (laughs) Steve, thank you so much for being a part of this, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you, Dan. See ya. Bye-bye. Old Steve, he brings a lot to the table. He's a character. I got to be honest with you. Uh, This Langley, Virginia stuff, that's the CIA, and they're not listening. (laughs) On Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, they're listening on Tuesday. It has to be Steve. They know who he is, and when when they listen to him on this show, they know where he is. He's somewhere out in the middle of nowhere in Northern Virginia. (laughs) From Krakow to Grand Island, Milan to Hanoi, this is TNN, the Truth News Network.